talking about we in for a little washing this week which we're dry at home if you have your bibles I invite you to turn with us to second corinthians chapter 12 verses 2 through 4 Paul is doing the writing here. He says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. How he was caught up into paradise. And heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Father, I pray that you would help us tonight as we look at what it's like to die. Lord, lead us, guide us, prepare us for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I hope you believe that there is life after death. God's Word presents a lot of information um, as far as the process of dying goes. Uh, And there's probably not a person in here that has not been to a funeral in your lifetime sometime. Um, You know, our scripture uh, tonight relates to a strange experience that Paul had. And he said, this happened to me some 14 years ago. He said, whether I was in the body or out of it, I don't know, but God knows. But he said, I was called up into the third heaven. The first heaven being the clouds that you and I can see in the daytime. The second heaven is the stars on a clear night that we can see. But the third heaven is the place called paradise where Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you can be with me in paradise. Now, you know, a death for the Christian, as well as for the non-Christian, is the last chapter, the last sentence of the book of life that you and I have been living. My daddy did not finish this book, but it had, the title of the book was uh, My Favorite Things. And I love to go back and read it because he goes back when he was a child and brings it on up to about the time of uh, World War II, I believe it is. But it's uh, it's unique to read uh, his life story. Uh, But when I think about that, I, I look back today because death is real. I look back today and I've had no less and 331 funerals. And I think many times, you know, some of these people I did not know. Some of these people I had never met. 
And people say, well, what do you say at a time like this? The best thing I have learned to do is just share the Word of God. Share the love of God. Give people hope. Um, it was, I guess it was funny. I don't know. What, no, it wasn't. Well, yeah, it was funny, but it's true. A lot of good things were being said about the man in the casket. Some of the kinfolk said, can't be him. <laughs> you know, you, you can't preach a person into heaven. You can't preach them out of hell. But people make choices. Um, so what must it be like to die? Well, death ends all chances of doing evil ever again. Death ends all joy for the lost person. It ends all the projects that you and I uh, would ever start and not finish. And I'm trying to finish up some projects. <laughs> but it seems like I get one done and it calls for another. All the ambitions are over with. All friendships for the lost is ended. And all the gospel that they have ever heard, they will never, ever hear it again. They will never experience a glorious morning of sunshine and birds singing again. For the lost, you know, that it's over with. But for the Christian, death ends all wanderings, all tears. All suffering, all sorrow, all disappointments. And it brings us into the very presence of the glory of God. Can you imagine? Uh, by my first experience with death, I was 12 years old. And my uncle was 48, had a massive heart attack. And died, and I'm named after him. That's where I get my middle name, Guyton. His name was Rufus Guyton Owen. I didn't know how to take that. I didn't understand that. But my daddy, I can remember it now. Several weeks after my uncle had been buried at Corinth Church over in Pendleton, he said, "I want to go up to Rufus's grave and see if everything's okay." Well, it wasn't. Dirt had settled, and I never forget. When we reached, reached the grave, it had water in it, it had been raining. It was a wooden box. And somehow or another, the, you know, it wasn't all that solid. And I remember Daddy putting dirt in there and pushing that dirt and crying. How do you explain? How do you share the love of God with a lost person? who goes to that grave and, you know, if they're lost, they are without hope. And as far as they're concerned, hey, it's over with, that's the end of it. But, you know, the death for the Christian marks everything, the end of everything that you and I have been doing in this life, and we take up a new chapter in our life. Now, the next... Uh, funeral that I can recall in my family was my grandmother. I only had one grandparent. She lived to be 92. 
And then, of course, from then, hey, it's been Len's mom and daddy, my mom and daddy, uncles, aunts, cousins. Um, but you know, when I think about what is it like to die, I want you to do something when you get home. I want you to go and get in front of a mirror. All you need to look at is from here up. And I want you to just uh, not smile, just solemnly look straight into that mirror and ask, is this all there is? For the Christian, we know it's not all there is. The Bible says that we will know each other as we were known here. So what's it like to die? First of all, it is a personal experience. Nobody can die for you. You know, sometimes I've heard people say, well, why didn't they take me? Because God has an appointed time for all of us to leave this world, and we don't pick that time. You say, what about suicide? Listen, if a person is so bound, bent, and determined that they're going to take their life, God simply will allow it. Now, the Bible says that God is the giver and the taker of life. And go back and think about it a moment. The reason people die, as I mentioned this morning, is because of sin, okay? Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. And to me, suicide is a sin, and it leads a lot of times to death. And, and people have the wrong idea. They think, well, that person committed suicide. They were always in church. They said they were saved, but I guess they're in hell now. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even suicide. Because when my Jesus died, he died for my past, my present, and my future. I may lose my mind before I leave this world and do something foolish that takes me out. So it's a personal experience. Now, as we go through this tonight, I want to use... Uh, Psalm 23, uh, not, not the beginning, the Lord is my shepherd, but yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thyself, they comfort me. Okay, we're going to look at each one of those. So, it's a personal experience. Yea, though I, it's concentration on the, on the, the letter I. Though I walk, okay, uh, that means that, listen, there's not going to be any detours, no layovers. I'm not going to have to run. Death is not going to hurt me. The daddy and three children were in the car on the way to the funeral of his wife and their mother. A big 18-wheeler passed them, and the shadow of that vehicle covered up the car. The oldest child was 13, so the daddy says to her, Honey, did you just feel, did you feel that shadow? No, sir, daddy, you can't feel a shadow. He said, I want you to know that your mother has already passed through that shadow, and death did not hurt her. It's a personal experience. Nobody can do it for you. Secondly, it is a living experience. Yea, though I, and the concentration here is on walk. Now, 
Uh, the Bible declares the fact that life after death does not cause a person's life to end. Whether lost or saved, we're going to live uh, forever. Now, let's say, what's it like? Um, what's it like for a Christian to die? Okay, I want to share two experiences with you right quick. My daddy had a massive heart attack at the same age that his brother died at 48. They took him to Anderson. The doctor comes out. He delivered. He says, "Your daddy'll never work again." Well, in the meantime, they're working with my daddy, and he dies. Okay, he shared this experience. He said, I was laying on that table. I could hear everything that was going on. And I heard the doctor say, he's gone. He says, at that moment, my soul was extracted out of my body suspended up toward the ceiling, and I'm looking down, and they're working with me, and I'm looking up, and he said, all I could remember seeing was bright lights. And I heard the doctor say, he's gone. But then I was, my soul was put back in my body, and I lived. We hadn't been at Earl's Grove long. Laura made me remember this. How was Caleb when that car did what he did? Three, four. Josh and Philip and a bunch of those boys always rode motorcycles down below the house. Lynn didn't feel good that day. She had a headache and she told Caleb, she said, now mama's going to lay down and take a nap and do not go outdoors. She goes to sleep. The next thing she hears is a doorbell ringing. She gets up and goes to the door. Here stands a woman with Caleb in her arms. Skint was not in it. I mean, he was skint, bleeding. And she's crying and said, I'm so sorry. He ran out in front of me. Right there on Earl's Grove Road, where the old parsonage is, and the dirt road, Caleb gets down there. He looks both ways. There's a truck coming. He sees the truck and he waits. The truck passes and the driver of the truck says, I hope that child don't run out in front of that car. He never saw the car. He runs directly in front of the car. It hits him. And the, the truck driver said he looked like a rag doll. And he fell in the highway. Well, no broken bones. He survived. I don't know how long it was after that. We were sitting at the supper table one night. And he said, I, I got something I want to share with y'all. I said, okay, Caleb, what is it? Y'all remember when I got hit with that car? Yeah, we do. How <laughs> can we forget? He said, when I was up in the air, he said, Jesus says, Caleb, do you want to come home? Or do you want to go back to earth? He said, I told him I wanted to go back to earth. And he said, I fell in the highway. A child experiencing that? An older man experiencing that? You know, it is a living experience. Yea, though I walk. Uh, you know, the, the, that's, that's the side of a living Christian, okay, for, to die and to come back. 
But what about the lost? The only record we have of that in the Bible, as far as I know, is Lazarus. You remember Lazarus and the rich, the, the rich man? Well, the Bible says that Lazarus was sick and he died and they buried him. <clears throat> and it says, and the rich man died also. Now get these things right here, okay? He went to hell. And a lot of people think and they say, oh, well, I'll burn up like a stick of wood and it's over with. You take this portion of God's word and you share uh, with them in the gospel of Luke 16. The rich man and Lazarus, okay? Listen, he could see. He was in hell, but he could see. He could see over there. Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. Not only could he see, but he could feel. He said, I'm in torment. He still had his feelings. He could speak. He spoke to Father Abraham. Please send Lazarus to wet my tongue. I'm in torment in this suffering. He could speak. He could hear also because Abraham said, Son, I'm sorry. There's a great guff fix. You can't come over here and we can't come over there. And he didn't lose his memory. He said, Well, Father Abraham, can you do this? Can you send someone from here to my father's house? I've got five brothers that they come not to this awful place. And Abraham says to him, son, they have the prophets. Let them hear him. Only record I know of someone speaking from hell. And somebody said, well, that's a parable. What I understand that in all the parables that Jesus gave, he never named anybody except this one. And this is, so therefore it's not a parable. It, it's a true story. You don't have to believe that, but I believe that. Why would Jesus do that? Why would he allow this to be put in his word? Because he wants us to know there is a place called hell. And the people are alert there. Okay, a third thing. What happens after death? How does it feel to die? It's a temporary Yea, though I walk, and the word we're looking at is through. Through. I'm building a shelter at home, and it looks like a tunnel. In fact, I hadn't thought about it being a tunnel until Brantley riding his bicycle, and he went back and forth through there while I was working on it, and he said, Granddaddy, I said, what? He said, that's like a tunnel. Okay? Yea, though I walk through the valley, through this tunnel, uh, there's not going to be any stops and not going to be any layovers. God promises to never leave us. Now, you think, think about this, okay? I don't know how God does it. Now, I don't, I don't have to try to figure it out. Can you imagine how many people have died already since I started this message tonight? Thousands. Thousands. How in the world, if there's thousands, and let's say half of them are saved, how in the world does Jesus walk with and go through and God the Father go through the valley with them? Don't know, but he's God. He can do anything. And if he said, I'll never leave you, he meant it. I mean, that's just, that, all I know is that, that's Scripture. And I know this for a fact. 
I'm not going to be by myself in this life, even if I'm all alone physically, because he said, I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. So when I leave this life, going into the next life, he's promised to guide and take me there. I don't need to know how to get there except through Jesus. You know, we got all kind of gadgets today that, that tell us how to go and where to go and when to turn and I remember when we first went on the road, Lynn, she was nervous. She wanted to make sure we got to the right place at the right time. And we had, we had a regular G, a GPS. We had a car GPS. We had an 18-wheeler GPS. We had Ram McNally. We had MapQuest. And, I mean, that was her thing, constantly doing. And then when we first took off and started, I'm thinking, my, so I got Lynn telling me and two women. <laughs> And I asked, one time I asked her, we was going to get a new GPS. I said, Look, sir, is there any way to get a man talking? He said, I, I don't think so. I don't know that there is. But now they may be now. But, uh, you know, it's a temporary thing. Uh, it's a temporary experience because I'm going to go through it. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to break down. Everything is going to flow, and I'm going to go through this. Now, this is, this is for the Christian, okay? We're going through that valley uh, of the shadow. Um, and when we think about going through, listen, uh, what do we fear most? I don't, I don't know that I fear anything. I have some hopes. Okay, I hope I don't have a stroke and be left mangled. I hope I don't have a heart attack and have to quit what I'm doing. I hope whenever that time comes, it's a major blowout. You can't fix a major blowout, okay? I don't want a puncture because you can plug that. Uh, but, you know, when it's over... I want it to be over. So I'm looking to walk through this valley. What is it like to die? Number four, it is a transit experience. Yea, though I walk through the valley, is what we want to concentrate on, of the shadow of death. You know, there's a lot of dark valleys that you and I go through. Dark valleys. I remember another family experience when Josh had his motorcycle wreck at 19 we didn't know where he'd live or die it was a dark time and you believe there was no less than 75 people from Earl's Grove spent the night with us in the emergency room at Greenville two trauma teams working 11 hours to try to put him back together I mean that was a dark valley but we got through it you know people say well I don't know. I don't want to go to the funeral. I don't know what to say. Listen, they're not going to remember a word you say, probably, but they will remember one thing, that you were there. You were there. Yeah, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, I got friends that's going to walk with me through these, these dark valleys. You know, there's a valley of sickness. We don't like to get sick. There's a valley of loneliness. Uh, there's a valley of depression. There's the valley of failure. There's the valley of divorce. There, there, there's a, uh, the valley of death. Hey, it's coming. We can't avoid all these valleys. You say, why do good folk have to experience bad things? Was Jesus good or what? Was Job good or what? The Bible says they were both perfect, but yet they had to suffer. 
So if they had to suffer, why should I not have to suffer along the way somewhere to try to endure the pain? You see, death is a transition from life in this body to the life of the Spirit. Life on earth is the presence of God. Life off of this earth for the Christian is the presence of God. You go back. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going through this with you. Now, we, hey, we shed tears. Okay? We shed tears because of sorrow. We shed tears because of grief. I know I won't say it right, so you help me. Um, grief. Grief is the price we pay for love. How much we love one another brings about grief. But here again, Jesus experienced that. He's, the Bible says, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. What for? Because not only at that grave, but he wept over Jerusalem like a hen. He wanted to gather under his wings, and, and he was in sorrow because they wouldn't. He experienced sorrow on the cross. You know, he knew where he was going, but he hated to leave. He named his mother John, take care of my mother. Mother, Mary, behold your son. Look at him. Well, we know the rest of the story. Thank goodness she's in his presence even tonight. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a transit experience. Uh, number five, what's it like to die? It is a safe experience. That verse says, I will fear no evil. Now, evil can come upon us, okay? Uh, just last evening on the news, this, this guy, somebody just drove by his house and, and just shot, and he, and he was pointing out, and, and he said, I would have been here, my, my son would have been here, and if, and if, and if. Evil is present whether we like it or not. People are out to get who they want to get, and they get after somebody they don't even know. They want to commit evil against things. And, you know, that's why it's so important to stay close to God. It don't mean that we will be exempt from evil acts, but he's promised to be with us through it. He's not going to leave us. So when I think about that safe uh, experience, fear no evil. Just as a child of God is protected from all the forces of evil uh, uh, in this life on earth, there will be no force of harm and experience when we pass through that valley. That will all be over with. You know, I think many times, you know, how, how do you react when you're so close to someone and then God chooses to take that person and you're left alone? Okay? I haven't experienced that other than through uh, the closest, I guess you could say, is my mom and daddy, all right? But I know where they are because of their, their testimony of being saved. Now, I go by occasionally if I'm in that direction. Just to make a special trip, I don't. But if I'm in that direction on Highway 88 across from Mount Pisgah Church, I just drive through there and drive by the grave and look and go on. Their bodies are there. Uh, 
They'll sleep, but their souls are already in heaven, at peace, at rest, at home with Jesus. It's a safe experience. Number six, what is it like to die? It's an escorted experience. An escorted experience. That verse says, for thou, concentrate on thou, for thou art with me. So many think that death, that people go alone. And you know probably the, I don't know what word to use, the hardest, the saddest funeral I guess I have ever had was a baby that lived only a few hours. What do you say? Baby couldn't talk, couldn't do anything for itself. Say, well, why would God send a baby into this world and then take the baby? I don't have an answer other than God is fair. Only a mother knows how that feels to having carried the baby nine months and then for it to be just a few hours old. I'm thinking of another child, a baby, that died. I never forget going to the funeral home right up here and going back there with the mother and the grandmother. Baby's dead, okay? Just a lifeless body, and they were holding it. Only a mother knows how that feels. But again, God doesn't make mistakes. And we will see those babies again. The Bible says we'll recognize each other as we were known, okay? Now, I don't know, I don't know about a baby that couldn't walk, couldn't talk. Are they still a baby? Don't know. A lot of mysteries. But God said, I'll open it all up. Hey, when you get home, I'll tell you. That's the way it used to be. If I got in trouble, mm, you wait till we get home. Oh, take the long road, baby. Take the long road. <laughs> take the long road. We don't like to face these things. Listen, seriously. People don't like to talk about death, but we need to discuss it. We need to talk about it with our family members. Uh, you know, I, here again, I've been with family members and said, we have no idea where nothing is, if he had insurance or not, if she had insurance or not. We don't know what funeral home they wanted to go to. We don't know if they had any plans or not. Listen, don't do your family that way. Let them know, you know, what's, uh, what you expect. <laughs> I don't sleep on my back and I don't sleep on my stomach. I sleep on my left side. So I told Lynn, I said, listen, if I go for you, I'm going to be laying up in there like this. I'm going to go to sleep. I, I want to be comfortable. <laughs> Put me on my left side. Do whatever you have to do. Tie the leg down because ain't no telling. They might jump. I'm trying to kick out, you know. <laughs> but 
Uh, I don't fear death. Okay, I think it's, hey, I know where I'm going. I know who's paid the way. And, and I just think it'd be a hoot myself. At least maybe have one eye looking at you. I'm not making fun of death because I'm headed that away probably sooner than later. But I know it's a safe experience. It's an escorted experience. But let me give you one more right quick. What's it like to die? It's a peaceful experience. I've heard so many testimonies. And the scriptures, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I've heard so many stories of people um, who died and the family was there. They said they went so peaceful. They just relaxed. And closed their eyes and went to sleep. When my daddy did that, he was in my arms. And when the paramedics got there, the first responders, they said, uh, you want us to shock him? I said, no, I don't. I said, he's been shocked twice before and he told me, don't you ever let them do that to me again. So I didn't. And I had a good experience on that Friday. Memorial Day weekend, and he was a Pearl Harbor survivor. How could God line it up any better? I cut his hair, I shaved him, fixed supper, and we watched gun smoke. I think, what send-off? Well, you know, death for the dying Christian is an experience that we've never experienced before. But it'll be peace from pain. You know, there's a lot worse things than dying. I mean, I've watched people suffer for months. I've watched them take cancer treatments till it just literally all but burned them up. You know, I was a young pastor when I went to Earl's Grove in 1982. Granny Barker. She was a pillar in that community and a pillar in that church. I remember to this day what she said to me when she came through the receiving line of welcoming Lynn and I and the boys into that church. She said, I'm Granny Barker. When I die, I want you to do my funeral. She didn't know me. But you know what? I could go to her house in Bermuda shorts and a t-shirt and tennis shoes and sit down at her table on a bench and enjoy a meal. And you know, many grandyoungers have missed that. They've missed that. Great grandyoungers especially. They've been, uh, you know, it's over and gone. But that was a real experience. Hey, when she passed, I knew. There wasn't no question about it. I knew. I was the preacher. What am I going to say? You know, it goes way back. My first funeral was in 82. Young, I mean, my soul, what do you do? You rely on the scripture. That's all you can do. You see, also this death for the Christian is going to be relief from the devil. Lord, thank you, Jesus. He can't go where I'm going. All right. Revelation 2.10 says, Be thou faithful unto death. And I'm going to give you a crown of life. That's what Jesus said to, through John. For the Christian, the end of all is really 
a glorious new beginning. Lynn's mother, three and a half years, we kept her, and uh, I wasn't at home the day. We had a sitter there, and she had stepped out to get something for Lynn's mother, and she heard her say, It's glorious! Well, she goes running in there to see what was going on, and the sitter thought maybe she saw Lynn's daddy, but said, No. Said he's glorious. He's more glorious than you could ever imagine. Now, Mama didn't use that word, okay? I'd never heard her use that word. Heard her use some other words. But she used that word glorious. And you know, my my Lynn was with my mother when she passed. And I was with Lynn's mother when she passed. Wee hours of the morning. I was sitting. I sat in a recliner right at the foot of the bed. She moved. I had my hand right there. I knew it. But you know God is so good. The scriptures are very plain. They're very open. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We must allow it, okay? We must allow it. And I made mention lightly this morning about people being mad at God. Listen, I never have been mad at God for for what he does and what he's going to do. He is in control, and he is the one to call the shots. And I, in my own life, I need to allow him to call uh, the shots. So what is it like to die? For the Christian... It's a glorious experience. For the lost person, it's a life sentence without escape. I can't imagine some of my friends, unless they change in the last few seconds of their life, are not in heaven. Sad. Share with your loved ones. Share with your friends. Hey, heaven's real. And so is hell. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for your promises that we don't have to fear death. And Lord, I pray that you would comfort us. Some of our people this weekend have experienced death of a a loved one. Lord, be with them. Comfort them. And Lord, I thank you that this this life is not all there is for us as Christians. Help us to be faithful all the way to the end. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Ever high God may have spoken to you and you want to respond to him. Brother Dean's coming to lead us in our hymn. Let us stand. Turn your eyes upon Jesus.
attention tonight. Anybody got a word of testimony before we go? Somebody, come on. got a plan y'all we don't really choose how we're going to die but God's already got that in this is in his plan okay somebody else before we go Peace. That's right. True. That's right. And some of us have seen some horrible deaths. Horrible. Thank God for the peace that passeth all understanding. Brother Rusty Black, son, would you dismiss us, please?